If you noticed in last week's reading that Fielding mentions Pope and Jung in the same breath, and Jung, as we know, is quite forgotten today. So I thought I'd read from some of his work, some of his shorter work, and some of his contemporaries, and a bit of Pope, so you can compare. While Stuart Twickenham planned the future wood, this is Epistle 1 written to Alexander Pope by Young concerning the authors of the age. While Stuart Twickenham planned the future wood or turned the volumes of the wise and good, our Senate meets at parties, parties ball, and pamphlets stun the streets and load the stall. So rushing tides bring things obscene to light. Foul wrecks emerge and de dead dogs swim in sight. The civil torrent foams, the tumult rains, and Caudrus prose works up and Lico's strains. Lo, what from cellars rise, what rush from high, or speculation roosted near the sky. Letters, essays, Sock, buskin, satire, song, and all the garret thunders on the throng. O Pope, I burst, nor can nor will refrain. All right, let others in their turn complain. Truce, truce, ye vandals, my tormented ear. Less dreads a pillory than a pamphleteer. I've heard myself to death and plagued each hour. Shan't I return the vengeance in my power? For who can write the true absurd like me? Thy pardon, Caudrus, who I mean but thee. Pope, if like mine or Caudrus were thy style, the blood of vipers had not stained thy file. Merit less solid, less despite had bred. They had not bit, and then they had not bled. Fame is a public, public mistress, none enjoys, but more or less his rival's peace destroys. With fame in just proportion, envy grows. The man that makes a character makes foes. Slight peevish insects round a genius rise. As a bright day awakes, the world aflies. With hearty malice, but with feeble wing, they flutter and they sting, but as by depredations wasps proclaim the fairest fruit, so these the fairest fame. Shall we not censure all the motley train, whether with ale, irriguous, or champagne? Whether they tread the veil of prose or climb and wet their appetites on cliffs of rhyme, the college sloven or embroidered spark, the purple prelate, or the parish clerk, the quiet quidnun, or demanding prig, the plaintive Tory, or defendant Whig, rich, poor, male, female, young, old, gay, or sad, whether extremely witty or quite mad, profoundly dull or shallowly polite, men that read well or men that only write, whether peers, porters, tailors tune the reeds 
and measuring words to measuring shapes succeeds. For bankrupts write when ruined shops are shut, as maggots crawl from out a perished nut. His hammer thus, and that his trowel quits, and wanting sense for tradesmen serve for wits. By thriving men subsists each other trade, of every broken craft a writer's made. Thus his material paper takes its birth from tattered rags of all the stuff on earth. Hail, fruitful isle, to thee alone belong, millions of wits and brokers in old song. Thee well a land of liberty we name, where all are free to scandal and to shame. Thy sons by print may set their hearts at ease and be mankind's contempt whene'er they please. Like trodden filth, their violent abject sense is unperceived, but when it gives offense, this heavy prose our injured reason tires. Their verse immortal kindles loose desires. Our age they puzzle and corrupt our prime, our sport and pity, punishment and crime. What glorious motives urge our authors on, thus to undo and thus to be undone. One loses his estate and down he sits, to show in vain he still retains his wits. Another marries and his dear proves keen. He writes as an hypnotic for the spleen. Some write confined by physics, some by debt, some for tis Sunday, some because tis what? Through private peaks, some do the public right and love their king and country out of spite. Another writes because his father writ and proves himself a bastard by his wit. Has Lyco learning humor thought profound? Neither, why write then? He wants 20 pound. His belly, not his brains, this impulse give. He'll grow immortal for he cannot live. He rubs his awful front and takes his ream with no provision made but of his theme. Perhaps a title has his fancy smit, or a quaint motto which he thinks has wit. He writes in inspiration, puts his trust, the wrong his thoughts, the gods will make them just. Genius directly from the gods descends, and who by labor would distrust his friends? Thus having reasoned with consummate skill, in immortality he dips his quill, and since blank paper is denied the press, he mingles the whole alphabet by guess. In various sets, which various words compose, of which he hopes mankind the meaning knows. So sounds spontaneous from the sibyl broke, dark to herself the wonders which she spoke. The priests found out the meaning, if they could. A nation stared at what none understood. Clodio dressed, danced, drank, visited, the whole and great concern of an immortal soul. Oft have I said, awake, exist, and strive, for birth, nor think, to loiter is to live. As oft I overheard the daemon fay, who daily met the loiterer in his way. I'll meet the youth at White's, the youth replies, I'll meet thee there, and, so, 
and falls his sacrifice. His fortune squandered leaves his virtue bare to every bribe and blind to every snare. Clodio for bread his indolence must quit or turn a soldier or commence a wit. Such heroes have we, all but life they stake. How must Spain tremble and the German shake? Such writers have we all but sense they print. Even George's praise is dated from the mint. In arms contemptible and arts profane, such swords, such pens disgrace a monarch's reign. Reform your lives before you thus aspire and steal, for you can steal, celestial fire. Oh, the just contrast, oh, the beauteous strife, twixt their cool writings and Pindaric life. They write with phlegm, but then they live with fire. They cheat the lender and their works the buyer. I reverence misfortune, not deride. I pity poverty, but laugh at pride. For who so sad, but must some mirth confess at gay Castruccio's miscellaneous dress? Though there's but one of the dull works he wrote, there's 10 editions of his old laced coat. These nature's commoners who want a home claim the wide world for their majestic dome. They make a private study of the street and looking full on every man they meet, run sows against his chaps, who stands amazed to find they did not see, but only gazed. How must these bards be wrapped into the skies? You need not read, you feel their ecstasize. Will they persist? Tis madness, Lintot, run, see them confined. Oh, that's already done. Most is by lease, leases, by the works they print, have took for life possession of the mint. If you mistake and pity these poor men, uft ulubris, they cry and write again. Such wits their nuisance manfully expose, and then pronounce just judges, learning's foes. O frail conclusion, the reverse is true. If foes to learning, they'd be friends to you. Treat them, ye judges, with an honest scorn, and weed the cockle from the generous, generous corn. There's true good nature in your disrespect. Injustice to the good, the bad neglect. For immortality of hardships plead, it is not theirs who write, but ours who read. But oh, what wisdom can convince a fool, but that tis dullness to conceive him dull. Tis sad experience takes the censor's part, conviction not from reason, but from smart. A virgin author, recent from the press, the sheets yet wet, applauds his great success, surveys them, reads them, takes their charms to bed. Those in his hand and glory in his head, tis joy too great, a fever of delight. His heart beats thick, nor closes eyes all night. But rising the next morn to clap his fame, he finds that without sleeping he could dream. So sparks, they say, take goddesses to bed and find next day the devil in their stead.
in vain advertisements that town overspread their epitaphs and say the work is dead. Who press for fame but small recruits will raise. Tis volunteers alone can give the bays. A famous author visits a great man. Of his immortal work displays the plan. And says, Sir, I'm your friend, all fears dismiss. Your glory and my own shall live by this. Your power is fixed, your fame through time conveyed. And Britain, Europe's queen, if I am paid. A statesman has his answer in a trice. Sir, such a genius is beyond all price. What man can pay for this? Away he turns. His work is folded and his bosom burns. His patron he will patronize no more, but rushes like a tempest out of door. Lost is the patriot and extinct his name. Out comes the peace another and the same. For A, his magic pen evokes an O and turns the tide of Europe on the foe. He rams his quill with scandal and with scoff, but tis so very foul it won't go off. Dreadful his thunders while unprinted roar, but when once published they are heard no more. Thus distant bugbears fright, but nearer draw, the block's a block and turns to mirth your awe. Can those oblige whose heads and hearts are such? No, every party's tainted by their touch. Infected persons fly each public place, and none or enemies alone embrace. To the foul fiend their every passion's sold. They love and hate extempore for gold. What image of their fury can we form? Dullness and rage, a puddle in a storm. Rest they in peace if you are pleased to buy, to swell your sails like lapwind winds they fly. Right they with rage, the tempest quickly flags. Estate Ulysses tames them with his bags. Let him be what he will, Turk, pagan, Jew, for Christian ministers of state are few. Behind the curtain lurks the fountainhead that pours his politics through pipes of lead, which far and near ejaculate and spout over tea and coffee poison to the rout. But when they have bespattered all they may, the statesman throws his filthy squirts away. With golden forceps these another takes, and state elixirs of the vipers makes. The richest statesman wants wherewith to pay a servile sycophant, if well they weigh, how much it costs a wretch to be so base. Nor can the greatest powers enough disgrace, enough chastise, such prostitute applause, if well they weigh how much it stains their cause. But we are writers ever in the wrong? But are our writers ever in the wrong? Does virtue ne'er seduce the venal tongue? Yes, if well bribed, for virtue's self they fight, still in the wrong, though champions for the right, who e'er their crimes for interest only quit. Sin on in virtue and good deeds commit. Not but in constancy Britannia meets, and broken faith in their abandoned sheets, 
from the same hand, how various is a page. But civil war their brother pamphlets wage, tracks battle tracks, self-contradictions glare. Say, is this lunacy? I wish it were. If such are writers startled at the fight, felons may bless their stars they cannot write. How justly Proteus transmigrations sit, the monstrous changes of a modern wit. Now such a gentle firearm of eloquence as seldom rises to the verge of sense. Now by mad rage transformed into a flame, yet yet fit engines well applied contain, contain. Now on a modest trash, now on a modest trash, the swine obscene invites the town to sup at Drury Lane. A dreadful lion now he roars at power, which sends him to his brothers at the tower. He's now a serpent, and his double tongue salutes, nay licks the feet of those he stung. What not can bind him is evasion such. One naught he well deserves, which might do much. The flood, flame, swine, the lion and the snake. These fivefold monsters modern authors make. The snake reigns most. Snakes, Pliny says, are bred. When the brains perished in a human head. Ye groveling, trodden, whipped, stripped, turncoat things, made up of venom, volumes, stains, and stings, thrown from the tree of knowledge like you cursed to scribble in the dust, was snake the first. What if the figure should in fact prove true? It did in Elkanah, why not in you? For Elkanah, all other changes passed, for bread and Smithfield dragons hissed at last. Spit streams of fire to make the butchers gape, and found his manners suited to his shape. Such is the fate of talents misapplied. So lived your prototype, and so he died. The abandoned manners of our writing train may tempt mankind to think religion vain, but in their fate, their habit, and their mien, that gods there are is eminently seen. Heaven stands absolved by vengeance on their pen and marks the murderers of fame from men. Through meager jaws they draw their venal breath, as ghastly as their brothers in Macbeth. Their feet through faithless leather meet the dirt, and often are changed their principles than shirt. The transient vestments of these frugal men hastens to paper for our mirth again. Too soon they beg in rhyme and warble through a grate. The man lampoon forgets it at the fight, at the sight. The friend through pity gives, the foe through spite. And though full conscious of his injured purse, Lintot relents, nor curl can with them worse. So fare the men who writers dare commence, without their patent, probity, and sense. From these their politics, our quidnunks seek, 
and Saturdays the learning of the week. These laboring wits, like saviors, mend our ways with heavy, huge, repeated, flat essays. Ram their coarse nonsense down, though ne'er so dull, and ham it every thump upon your skull. These staunch bread writing hounds begin the cry, and honest folly echoes to the lie. Oh, how I laugh when I a blockhead see, thanking a villain for his probity, who stretches out a most respectful ear with snares for woodcocks in his holy leer. It tickles through my soul to hear the cock's sincere encomium on his friend the fox, sole patron of his liberties and rights, while graceless Reynard listens till he bites. As when the trumpet sounds, the overloaded state discharges all her poor and profligate. Crimes of all kinds, dishonored weapons wield, and prisons pour their filth into the field. Thus nature's refuge and the dregs of men compose the black militia of the pen. The great novelist Smollett, I found a poem by him, which I'd never seen. Ode to Love and Water by Dr. Smollett. On Levin's banks will Frida rove and tune the roll pipe to love. I envy not the happiest swain that ever trod the Arcadian plain. Pure stream and hues transparent wave my youthful limbs I want to lave. No torrent stain the limpid source, no rocks impede thy dimpling course that sweetly warbles o'er its bed with white round polished pebbles spread. While lightly poised the scaly brood in myriads cleave thy crystal fluid, the springing trout in speckled pride, the salmon monarch of the tide the ruthless pike intent on war, the silver eel and mottled par, devolving from thy parent lake. A charming maze thy waters make by bowers of birch and groves of pine and hedges flowered with eglantine. Still on thy banks so gaily green, may numerous herds and flocks be seen. And lasses chanting over the pale and shepherds piping in the dale, an ancient faith that knows no guile, an industry embrowned with toil, and hearts resolved and hands prepared, the blessings they enjoy to guard. And here's another by Edward Young, Pleasures of Meditation. From dreams where thought and fancy's maze runs, to reason, that heaven lighted lamp in man. Once more I wake, and at the distinct hour, punctual as lovers to the moment sworn, I keep my assignation with my woe. O oh, lost to virtue, lost to manly thought, lost to the noble sallies of the soul, who think it solitude to be all one.
communion sweet, communion large and high, our reason, guardian angel, and our God, then nearest these when others most remote, and all are long shall be remote, but these, how dreadful then to meet them all alone, a stranger, unacknowledged, unapproved. Now woo them, wed them, bind them to thy breast, to win thy wish, creation has no more. Or if we wish a fourth, it is a friend. But friends, how mortal, dangerous, the desire. And one by Pope, a short one, Ode on Solitude, Alexander Pope. Happy the man whose wish and care, a few paternal acres bound, content to breathe his native air in his own ground, whose herds with milk, whose fields with bread, whose flocks supply him with attire, whose trees in summer yield him shade in winter fire. Blessed who can unconcernedly find, hours, days, and years slide soft away, in health of body, peace of mind, quiet by day. Sound sleep by night, study and ease, together mixed, sweet recreation, and innocence which most displease with meditation. Thus let me live unseen, unknown, thus unlamented let me die, steal from the world, and not a stone tell where I lie. The dying Christian to his soul, Pope. Vital spark of heavenly flame, quit or quit this mortal frame, trembling, hoping, lingering, flying. Oh, the pain, the bliss of dying. Cease fall nature, cease thy strife, and let me languish into life. Hark, they whisper, angels say, Sister spirit, come away. What is this absorbs me quite, steals my senses, shuts my sight, drowns my spirits, draws my breath. Tell me, my soul, can this be death? The world recedes, it disappears. Heaven opens on my eyes. My ears with sounds seraphic ring. Lend, lend your wings, I mount, I fly. O grave, where is thy victory? O death, where is thy sting? And lastly, vanity by Dr. Young. Oh, the dark days of vanity will hear how tasteless and how terrible when gone. 
Gone they ne'er go when past they haunt us still. The spirit walks of every day deceased and smiles an angel where fury frowns, nor death nor life delight us. If time passed and time possessed both pain us, what can please? That which the deity to please ordained, time used. The man who consecrates his hours by vigorous effort and an honest aim, at once he draws a sting of life and death. He walks with nature and her paths are peace. Thank you.